Log Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, home of the world's greatest artist, TLC, Gladys Knight, India Ari, Indigo Girls, and Hartsfield Atlanta Jackson Airport, the Falcons, and Clark Atlanta University. This is The Bright Side with Technicia, a daily show with real people with real experiences. And now, here's your host, Technicia. Hey, everyone. Good afternoon. I am so glad you are here with me today. Yes, I am. You know, we've been having positive feedback on these shows, and I'm really thankful for that. And so many people have been joining me with these lives, because as I said, I've been doing Facebook Live, Live Me, Tango, and Instagram. So whatever outlet I feel like choosing, that's the outlet I really go with. Yesterday, we couldn't get the show. No, two days ago, I couldn't get my show on. Somehow we had a disconnection issue. So if you saw the show up and it was deleted, that's why. So we ended up doing Skype. And I will make sure I have that link posted to my Facebook page, Technisha Day. But here with me today is the author of the book, The Caravan of Remembering, a roadmap for awakening the experience of your life mission from Heartway Press and co-founder, coach, and teacher at The Way of the Heart, which is an international program of personal growth and self-development. And this gentleman has worked as a research scientist, professional musician, and graphic designer. He has taught thousands of students in the last 30 years through the way of the heart program to discover the life's path they were meant for and to walk that path in the world. Recently, he has been consulting with the companies that want to do business with integrity and heart. I welcome you, Daniel, good enough. Daniel, thank you for being on this show today. I really appreciate you for taking out time. Thank you for having me. Look forward to our talk. Yes. So, Daniel, you all had all many, many jobs, all these hats. You know, went from research scientist, professional musician, and graphic designer. What brought you into what you're doing now? Well, it was part of the research for what I'm doing now, in a way. It was as a, as a young person, I looked around and noticed people weren't really happy about the work they were going into, and uh, really, my, my lifelong project has been the exploration of how do you help someone remember why they're here and how do you step into it? And part of that research was going for some dreams that I had so that I could talk to other people about going for their dreams. So the the music and uh, the, having a design studio, getting an art degree, doing the science, that was all things that I wanted to do for me. And at a certain point then it was about helping other people go for their dreams and and not just any dream that, that – living the embodiment of why they're here. So the why are you here, what does that call you to do, and who does that call you to be was the kind of the, the research project since I was a child. Oh, wow. Well, see, that's an interesting little journey that you have had. Now, your book, The Caravan of Remember, Roadmap for Awakening Experience of Your Life's Mission, great, great title, what brought that title along? Well, that the uh, come, come again, it's a roomy poem, come, come again, though you've failed in your vows a thousand times. 
Ours is not a caravan of despair, and it's about the caravan of remembering, and in this case, remembering why are you here. And uh, the idea being, and the, the, the idea for the book was as a roadmap, as an architecture for that remembering, the idea that it's a skill you can develop, like if you wanted to become a professional athlete, there would be practices to do every day. If you wanted to become an accomplished lead musician, there'd be scales to do every day. And my experience is that life mission, the remembering of the why, the what, and the who, why are you here, what does that call you to do, which would be the outer life mission, and who does that call you to become, which would be the inner life mission, the who, um, is something that everybody can do, everyone can can get to the point where they can articulate, everyone can remember, and that's why I call it the caravan of remembering. If you're willing to do the practices, if you're willing to do the scales, you can get to the point where you can articulate this is why I'm here and this is what it calls me to do and this is who I am called to become, and also who I'll become by doing it. Well, that that is definitely a lot, Daniel. I mean, first and foremost... To even get to that point, you got to know who you are, right? No, well, actually, then there are the practices that help you do remember who you are. You know, so, for example, you might say, coming back to Rumi, Rumi said, uh, let the beauty you love be what you do. So what is the beauty you love? And it might be your favorite movies, your favorite books, your favorite anything. Why is that your favorite? What is it about that that calls you in a way that you say, that's my favorite? Or you could say, what's the question at the center of your life? Or when do you feel most alive? When do you feel most confident? What fascinates you? What motivates you? And there are literally thousands of those kinds of questions, and that's why I call them scales. If you were a musician, there'd be scales you do every day. And to be masterful, like you would be if you were doing your scales as a musician or the practices of an elite athlete, if you ask these questions, if you were invo- if you were in the inquiry about, well, who is, who is this person, meaning yourself, um, then you do remember why, who, why you're here and who that is meant, who's the who you were meant to be, that there, it's not an accident that you love what you love. And you say, I love doing this. Well, why do because why you love isn't what everyone else will love. So why do you lo- why do you love that? And why is that your favorite? And why does that bring you alive? And why do why do you feel confident when you're doing this and not this other thing? And why do you call these things your best moments? So why you, you know why does this fascinate you? And if you keep stay in that inquiry, anyone can remember. Everyone, I, I make that promise. If you do the practices, you will be able to articulate the why, what, and who which then leads to the how. Once you know the why, what, and who, the how begins to become clear. Um, and not cutting off and not cutting off Daniel, but I am here with Daniel Good Enough, who has a wonderful book out, and we're talking about finding your life mission. He is the author of The Caravan of Remembering, a roadmap for awakening the experience of your life's mission. So if you have any questions that you would like to ask Daniel, regarding your life's mission, your purpose, the path that you think you were chosen to do, but you just haven't found it, this is the time now to ask those questions. So please ask away. 
The phone number to dial in is 347-426-3751 if you want to listen that way. Um, also, the link is brightsidewithtk.com. But, um, Daniel, what what are some of the best ways to tap into your talents and desires to create a life of meaning and authenticity? Well, one of the things I say about talents is you might say, if there's a book called The Talent Code that discusses the thing about talent and that, you know, there's the 10,000-hour the rule that uh, mastery is 10,000 hours of deep practice, which is three hours a day for 10 years. What we call, when we say someone is talented, usually it means that they put the time in to become good at it, that if you're willing to do the deep practice long enough, your talent will emerge uh, and I make the distinction then between talent, your talent and your gift. There might be literally millions of people who are talented at playing keyboards or talented on a particular instrument. The, your unique way of playing that would be your gift. So the, the inquiry, again, helps you understand, well, there might be many people who are good at, or what we say talented at doing this thing, What's your unique gift? And that brings me back to life mission and why I call it mission. You, you might say that people collapse mission, vision, and purpose, and I would say that vision would be something that a lot of other people might be involved in that you're also doing. Um, and your mission would be your unique way of doing that, unique like a fingerprint or a snowflake. And purpose is often the who you need to be to do that because you could say that sometimes your purpose is to get to the other side of the room. Purpose is something we often get to in the moment. And that's why I would say mission, because mission is more, it comes with you. It's in, embedded in, you know, as the saying goes, it's embedded in your members. It's who you are uniquely. So talent is when you put your time in, that's talent. Gift is what you bring to it uniquely. And your mission would be that unique thing you're bringing to you know, we're on the air today, and you'd say your unique way of doing that would be about your mission. That would be using this, being on the radio would be a, a vehicle for your mission and the unique way you're doing it. So to get clear about what to do with your talents and gifts, it comes back to the, to the inquiry. About, so if, to understand what my unique way of bringing my talent, my unique gift, I would come back to the inquiry is, okay, so this thing I'm attracted to do, what is it about that that lights me up or brings me alive? Um, if, if there was one thing I wanted to change about the way this was being done in the world, what's the one thing I would bring to it? If I was free of all of my constraints and I was going to do this in my unique way, what would be my unique way once I was freed of the limitations? So, you know, again, there's kind of many, there are probably thousands of questions you could ask yourself. And in, the, in the book, there's 83 scales about the particular questions about, that help you get clear about what your gift is, you know, what's the unique thing. Right, and that's what this book is offering us. It's offering us a journey, not a field trip, but an actual journey to life authentic purpose. And that is 
that is the most intriguing bit of it all. Just that journey. That's a spiritual journey to me. I, I believe. Uh, yes, it is. Yes. Well, and, and so in the book you have the example. Um, I had my design studio in Chicago, so as authors do, I pulled from my life. So the main character in the book is a designer in Chicago, and uh, things are going well. But it's you know kind of that thing is when people su- succeed to a certain degree, they say is this all there is sometimes. Uh, especially if you climb to the top of the ladder and you discover the ladder's leaning against the wrong wall, you might say, is this all there is? So the story is involved with this main character who's a designer in Chicago and gets called to the caravan and remembering. And you, you then have this example of somebody working the process of asking the questions. And mostly it's in his life in Chicago and on, and then in this virtual world called the Caravan and Remembering, where he goes to work the questions with the idea of the book, meaning everybody on the planet goes to the Caravan and Remembering in their in their dreams at night when they're sleeping, sometimes when they're lost in the daydream during the day, and you know because time is is not really a thing in the Caravan and Remember. It could be you daydream for th- thirty seconds and you experience that as hours in the Caravan and Remembering. So you have this example of the main character working this process of the inquiry in, so that you have, in the back of the book, you have the exercises and questions with the page number that that was embedded in the story so you can go back and forth. And it's meant to be a tool for you to use, to use the process where you have the example of someone working through the process in their life um, so it's meant to be something you can use to do that exploration and take the journey with David, the main character, and and have that journey become part of your life then, too. Well, I'm hoping so. This is what we want. It's amazing that you began to write this book about life's mission. It was, it's supposed to have been a person development, just a nonfiction book, and then you ended up turning into a caravan story. Yeah, I did start to write a nonfiction book and it just didn't seem like uh it quite had the the magic or the zing or the um aliveness and so i it's it's a fictional story and it is a very real process though that uh if you do the process you will be able to articulate your life's mission and then also there is a web there's a blog and a website there's a facebook page where you can engage with other people around the world working the process. So if you happen to be in a, in a, living in a place where there's not a caravan of remembering conversations club, you can go online and connect with some people who are elsewhere and work, do the process with some other people and get some feedback. And uh, it's really meant to be a tool to explore for yourself. Why am I here? What does that call me to do? That's the outer life mission. And who is that calling who will I become by doing the what? Because what you do changes who you are, and then who you are changes what you do, which changes who you are, which changes what you do. And, and that's the interconnection between the inner and the outer life mission. There's, there's a who you'll become by doing the what you came to do. And that is a spiritual journey. That's, you could say that Richard Ball said there's three life missions, the first being to remember the one that sent you. That's the spiritual part, remember the one that sent you. And then the second one is to make the world a better place. And then the 
third one is to do the thing you most love to do in the way you most love to do it with the people you most love to do it with in the way that the world most needs it done. Well, even Michael Jackson said that through his songs. Most of his songs were very powerful to trying to get people to change. And that's only, we only know, I don't know if we have any believers or not, but trust and believe on this. There's only one, God, whatever you want to call him, Allah, Yam, Yaha, Yaha, Yahweh, I mean, um, whatever your preference you want to call him, there's only one who's going to stop all this chaos that we're going through because we're we going through some trading times, all these hurricanes. We still got shootings going mm-hmm. on. But as I told people, let not that change what we need to focus on. The world is not, it's not bad as it seems. It's, it's really not. It's just that you got some people in it, like you got bad, you got bad apples. These bad apples well, are causing well, it to look the way it looks. That's why I don't really too much like care for watching the news. Daniel, my husband, when mentioned that today, he was like, "Oh, I love the news." I said, "I preferably don't." I went to school for news reporting. It's, it's depressing. Yeah. Well, here's one of the things I say about life mission: is that in every age, the solutions for the problems in that age was embedded in the hearts of the people who were present. So if it's, if it's, and I don't even think it's a 51% thing, I'm not sure how what the percent would be, but if a significant number of people just did what they came to do, the answer to the problem of pollution, the answer to the problem of disease, the, and probably, well, the answer to climate change, the answer to corruption, the, the answer to what the, the challenges and problems of our age, the solutions are present on the planet right now, in the hearts of the, of the 7 billion people that are here. And if a significant number of those people were to step into their reason for being here, there is somebody who has a solution to pollution. There is somebody who has a solution to disease. There is someone who has the solution. That wouldn't be one person. It would be many people. There are people who are here to, in their life mission, the blueprint of, of their being here, will have the solution to poverty and, and hunger and probably climate climate change to address the the increasing strength of hurricanes. The solution would be here, and the problem is over time that when someone decides to, let's say, maybe their life mission was to do something else, and they went to, let's say, be a trader on the commodities floor instead of their reason for being here, not that there's anything wrong for that. If that was your life mission, that'd be great. But if you're choosing something other than your reason for being here, then the world doesn't get the benefit of the thing you came to do. And every time anyone doesn't step into their reason for being here, we all lose in some way. And so that the that it doesn't get done means it gets passed to the next generation with increasing resonance. So if we could just get a significant amount of people to, to step into the embodiment of why they're here, it would you'd see a radical change in the world. Um, Daniel, um, in the beginning, you speak of this woman who you met on the platform. Who was this woman specifically? Was she a spirit, or was she just was she an actual woman that appeared? Well. So this is a fictional story. Um, so the the woman on the train for David in the beginning of the book is a guide in the caravan, and it, it, in the caravan and remembering 
that moves back and forth between this world, our world, which, which in the story is called the horizontal world, um, and the world that the, the vertical world is the world that Verity, the, the character on the train, um, is a guide, and she moves back and forth between the caravan and remembering um, in the inner virtual worlds and this world to help guide people to the caravan, to help people in the exploration of their why they're here. So, Verity, by the way, is Greek for truth. Uh, so she's a character who helps people remember the truth of why they're here. Okay. Oh and wow. And you know there are other guides in the story that help that work. And you, again, you have this example of the guides guiding people through the process of exploring the inquiry that help you. And it's not that any one question will answer for you what your life mission is. There, it's the mm-hmm. it's the interaction of a number of questions that start to unfold an understanding of, oh, that's why, that's why. I love what I say I love, and I'm fascinated by what I'm fascinated with, and this is why I get lit up about this. You know, you get in touch with the why, the these things that we might just attribute to our personality, that it might be something deeper, and that's the why. Um, just, just going a little bit into the aspects of business, um, how can we do business in a new way to create an environment of success, growth, and fulfillment? Well, one of the things I am doing with some corporations, um, some entrepreneurs and corpora- corporations now, is to introduce the idea that for the company, there's a why for the company that's important. And you see these mission statements for companies that are more about, here's what I think my customers want to hear, and it could be more based on the collective life mission of the employees or at least the founders. There is that. And then it it has been demonstrated that when the people who are working for you are clear about their why and how they bring their why to the company, that people find their correct place in the company. Sometimes you find that people are in a place in the company because maybe they demonstrated an ability to do something, but it really has little to do with their why you know, what lights them up, or even their true gifts and talents. And when people and their motivation is going to be less, there's, you know, you have a constant stream of reports that, uh, what was it, the last one I read, it was something like somewhere between 70 and 80% of the people working in corporate America would quit their job in a heartbeat if they had an alternative. That's not good for the bottom line of the company when the people working for you would, would go to another job in a heartbeat because what they're doing has no meaning for them. They're doing it for the paycheck. So if you can help everyone in the company get clearer about why am I here, what what does that call me to do in general in my life? And by the way, life mission isn't just a career. You have a family life mission. You have a spiritual life mission. You have a community life mission. You have That life mission isn't just a job and though you, and you are called to, to bring that to your job so if you are working for a corporation or you do have people working together you know, let's say entrepreneurs coming together or you're working for an entrepreneur let's say it's a small company when you get clear about what you, what you're here to do then you can ask yourself how do I bring that 
to this company I'm working for? How do I bring this to the company of players I call my colleagues? And how can, if I know the why and the what for each of my colleagues, we will have a more collaborative working relationship. So there's that, and then there is this conversation with the one that sent us. That is a very business-like thing that it can be that you can figure out, you can constantly be in the figuring it out place in your work, or you can what we call drop in to a deeper level of awareness and be in the conversation with life about what you could say, what does life or what does spirit want for this company? And you find that that actually is a more effective, more efficient, more profitable way to do business. And that's been demonstrated so far in the work I'm doing with entrepreneurs and corporations so it's a very why am i why is this company in business why am i here as a person it's life mission based it's you know emphasis on the both the word life uh, that it's life giving and life supporting which would mean that some corporations wouldn't be making some of the choices they're making because they're not really enhancing life when they're polluting the world but that's another discussion so you know and mission <laughs> meaning again that implies you were sent, you know, and that's why I use the word mission instead of purpose because purpose again could be whatever you decide it is. And okay. We came with a mission, like I said. Sometimes your purpose is to get to the other side of the room. Sometimes your purpose is to finish your work early so you can get to your your weekend activities. Sometimes your purpose is to not cause trouble or make waves. You know, purpose is whatever you decide it is, and the mission mission implies or purpose is whatever you decide to get through your day. Mission is, and sometimes there's a kind of fashion-like thing. It's very fashionable to say, this is my purpose this year. And two years from now, it's very fashionable to say, this other thing is my purpose. But your reason for being here isn't about the current trend of why it's about, it's built into your members. It came with you. It's part of the design in your DNA that formed you. There's a very unique Thing you're called to be and do, and uh, that's why I call it mission. It's it's the unique thing about you. And then when okay. you bring your work with your colleagues, it creates a very different relationship in the work. Okay, I'm understanding. Purpose to me seems like it's a right now thing, as you as you're explaining it. Like right now, this is what I want. This is my purpose. I go to work, but I'm ready to go. If I hurry up, I can get to the gym. But mission is a lifelong term goal that we all have to find out what is our mission. Because I ask that all the time. I'm like, I don't know what my mission is. I don't. I I be like, I don't know what my mission is. Maybe my mission is to motivate people. Maybe it, it might be. maybe my mission is to have this show so I can spread that motivation to others. But and that's how my mother used to always say that, Daniel. When I was little, she said, "You have to pray about it." She used to tell me that. Like you have to pray, ask God, what's your mission here? Because she said everybody has a mission down here on earth. And I used to mm-hmm. understand her, but as I'm getting older and you're talking to me about this, apparently that is a true statement. And I love the fact that you said you have to you have to pray on what's your mission. I don't, I don't think I ever heard a business person in my particular lifetime say that, that they actually prayed you know, for their business to go this way. They may have said little things, but not focusing on the fact of, you know, putting God first. This is what you have to, because anything you do, you have to pray about. Yeah, well, here's another helpful uh, distinction about this. 
um, yes, that um, I think it was Richard Bull said there's divers and scan. No, it was actually by. Well, anyway, I'm, I'll probably remember later. Um, <laughs> so the, the distinction of divers and scanners. Barbara Shear was the name. Barbara Shear said divers and scanners. So the, the distinction is, let's say that you that for certain musicians. They're going to dive deeply into this thing called being a musician. And they're going to do that their entire life. And there are a few occupations still where people can be a diver. You can go deeply into one thing. You can do that one thing for your entire life. And then there's this thing called scanners. And in our age, most people will be scanners because very few occupations allow you to do the same thing anymore for an entire lifetime. In fact, it's projected an average person graduating from high school today may have as many as 15 or 16 careers over their lifetime. Mm -hmm. So what a scanner would be is that, and here's what I would say, is everybody has one life mission. Everybody has one thing they came to do and be. However, if you're a scanner, it means you might express that through many different vehicles. So it might be that you might be a serial scanner, in which case you would go deeply into one thing for two or three years, and then go deeply into something else for two or three years and like that for your life. And there are people who are um, concurrent scanners, if you will. I'm doing, I have, still have one life mission. I'm expressing it perhaps through five different vehicles, and I'm doing that all at the same time. So there is, as the example of the musician, there are people who are divers, who are musicians or artists, or let's say you're a, you're a, you're in, you're a ballet dancer or you're a modern dancer, but especially ballet. It requires a lifetime commitment to the ballet. Or at least physically, there's a certain period that you have to do just that. So the thing is, if you're a diver and you do that one thing, that's great. However, there are many musicians and artists who are musicians and artists, visual and performing artists. There are people who are musicians and writers. There are people who are musicians and also do radio programs or television programs. There are, so there are those people who are musicians who are scanners, and there are people who are musicians who are divers. So, you know, is this radio broadcast you're doing, is this your life mission? It might be. It might be that it's a vehicle to express the one life mission that you might also express through other vehicles as well. And more and more in our time, more and more people will be scanners, but they will still have one life mission. You might express it through multiple vehicles. And why it's helpful to be able to identify the one life mission that you express through multiple vehicles is that it's like the string that ties the pearls together. When you move from one vehicle to another vehicle, then, and you've identified the one life mission, you're clear about why you did that vehicle and why you did this vehicle and how it corresponds to the one thing you're here to do. You know, the, through all those things I did, through the science research, through the being a, a professional musician and doing uh, se- uh, recording sessions and doing tours and, and running a design studio, through all of those things I'm doing and the work I'm doing now, the life mission thread was always there. No matter what I did, the life mission thread was always there. So even though I had multiple expressions, it was still the one thing. And if you know the one thing, when you do the multiple vehicles, 
you can know when it's time. If you're a serial scanner and you're here, I'm doing this vehicle and then I'm going to do this, you'll know why you're making the change and you'll know how it still serves the one thing. So that might be helpful. It's like, so is your life mission to do this radio broadcast? Could be that's the one thing, or it could be it's one of the vehicles to express the one thing. Okay. Well, Daniel, I'm I'm thankful that you're on here. This is really opening up insights to a lot of things. But we're going to take a short commercial break. We're going to be back with Daniel. And if you have any questions, please don't hesitate. Call in at 347-426-3751. We're talking about finding your life's mission with Daniel Good Enough, who is the author of The Caravan of Remembering, a roadmap for awakening the experience of your life's mission. We'll be right back after this short commercial break. Thought it was over? Not yet. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Blog Talk Talk Radio, baby. You know what really gets a party started? Indoor baseball. Yeah, just find a broom or a pool cue, and you can use, like, anything as a ball. Cans, bottles, shoes. Hey, bro, toss me that avocado. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Underage drinking and driving, the ultimate party foul. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. It only takes a minute to find out if you may have prediabetes. And you can do it at doihaveprediabetes.org. But you're probably not going to. Nope. I'm sure you've got a perfectly good excuse. Kids, work, (laughs) I get it. You're busy. So what better time than now? Let's begin. Raise one finger if you're a man. Ladies, none yet. Oh, count in your head if you're driving. Now, three more fingers for everyone over 60, two over 50, one over 40, one more if you're not physically active, another finger if anyone in your family has type 2 diabetes, another if you've got high blood pressure. If you're overweight, raise another finger, two if you're very overweight, and three if you're really overweight. You've just taken the world's first audio prediabetes test. And if you're holding up five or more fingers, visit doihaveprediabetes.org or talk to your doctor. There's no excuse because prediabetes can be reversed. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. All right, we're back with Daniel Good Enough. And if, as I said before commercial break, if you have any questions, do call in at 347-426-3751. And for my followers here on Live Me, if you want me to ask any questions for Daniel, please, this is a chance now. So ask away. I do not mind doing that whatsoever. And I appreciate the follows. Thank you. It's good that you're sharing the broadcast. If you're just tuning in, of course, we said Daniel Good Enough is the author of the Caravan of Remember Roadmap for Awakening the Experience of Your Life Mission. We're talking about the difference between mission and purpose. We all have a mission down here, but there is a purpose. Purpose is like a right now, something that you want to get done with. But your mission is a lifetime goal. What is your mission? And that's something that you have to ask personally, in my opinion, with God. Because it's, it's something that we don't know. It's something that's not shaped for us. We don't see it visually. It's just something that you have to sit down and think it through. This is a mental thinking. But, um, Daniel, I guess I want to ask this. How can we live in a way that is fulfilling to us and also serves our world? 
Well, you were you were mentioning the the spiritual traditions, and all of them have said that that there is this thing called life mission. Um, yes. That the uh, in the, in the book of Proverbs, there's a there's a, a saying that says, "Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it." And the more accurate translation is, "Create an environment for life." according to his or her gift or bent. And when he or she is older, she or she will not depart from it, meaning in the first translation it's saying that it's your job as a parent to tell your child what they should do and be when they grow older. And the more accurate mm-hmm. translation is create an environment for life according to their gift or bent, which is saying then that the parent's stewardship is to help their child by creating an environment for life, and that's the takes a village thing. That it's the parent that helps find the person who does understand their child, who will create an environment for life for them. So that they, according to their gift or bent, which is saying that each child is unique, and there's a reason that is unique to that child for being here, and the creating the environment for life means according to that gift or bent, and that would be good advice. For any of us, if we didn't get that as a child, that we do it now, that the conversation is about how to have a meaningful life is how do you create an environment for life according to your gift or bent, which brings you back to the to the inquiry. And the Buddha said that your work is to find your work and give all of yourself to it. You know, there's four main schools of Hinduism. One is to wake up through your work which means is to find your work and give all of yourself to it and allow that to help you grow up and wake up through doing the, the work, your dharma, the thing you were meant to do in your life. And this shows up in all the great traditions, that there is this thing that a human being has, a you person, uh, that, it, that says there is a particular why. And so that meaningful life would be that create an environment for life according to your gift or bent, then do that for yourself. What's the in- so then if you come back to the inquiry, you know, if if all of your limitations were suddenly taken, if you had enough money, if you had enough mm-hmm. connections, if you had right. enough all the enoughs, you know, like if I if you were good enough, tall enough, smart enough, you know, whatever all the enoughs, if you had all the enoughs, what would you do? You know, those are the kind of questions. Right, that is a good question. If I had all the enoughs, what would I do? And then after you figure out what you're going to do, will you still be happy? Oh, man. Well, you will be because if you're, what you're going to do is coming from the essence of who you are, then, yes, you will probably be happy. And it's just a right. reminder yeah. that you can't go directly for happiness. Happiness is a side effect of what you do. So if the what you do is connected to why you're here, and the what you do is creating a who that's in alignment with why you're here. Because there's who, who will I have to be to do it, and there's the who you'll become by doing it. And that who you become by doing the what you came to do, the thing that's so aligned with who you essentially are, then you, the odds are great that you will be happy. Yeah. You know, maybe not 24-7, 365, but for the most right. part, you'll be happy. All right. Now, I agree with you, Daniel. I but also, I think like this, you could be happy if it's truly, if it's truly meant to be coming from God's way, then you can be happy. Because 
I mean, you can still be happy. I mean, if you if you're on the other side of the fence too, but just believe me, it probably won't last as long if it's not from abundance and prosperity. Um, but I want to ask this, Daniel, when it comes to just knowing your mission, is it something that that should happen naturally, or should you or should you follow a system or a method? Well, it's my experience that it doesn't generally happen by default. You know that. Uh, People say that they they discovered something that they could do that they like doing and they're making a good living and they're doing good things, and so that's my mission, and I fell into it. My experience is that I won't say never happens, but it's rare. I've, I've experienced people who did something they're good at, doing a good thing in the world. They're, ha- they're making a difference in the world. They're making a good living. They have a nice family, and yet... None of those things, I mean, the family might be the family life's mission, but in terms of the work in the world, that work may have absolutely nothing to do with why they're here, even though they're successful. And that's, again, the thing where you find you got to the top of the ladder and the ladder was leaning against the wrong wall. So my experience is stepping into why you're here isn't something that generally happens by default. It requires that you that you bring your presence to it. It requires that you ask, why am I here? And and the brain is a question-answering machine. If you just keep asking that question, your brain will give you an answer. It's like if you say, why am I, why am I not smart? Your brain will tell you that. If you say, why does this always happen to me? Your brain will tell you that. If you ask, why am I brilliant? Your brain will tell you that. So if you keep asking, why am I here? What does that call me to do? And who am I called to, be, to become? If, if you just ask those three questions consistently every single day, eventually you would have an answer. You know, the process is there are many other questions you could ask besides those three questions that would facilitate the process. You know, I say there's a, one of the differences between fate and destiny. Destiny is your reason for being here. It's built, it came with you. It's built into you. However, it doesn't happen by default. You have to choose your destiny day after day. You have to choose to show up to ask the question. What's the question at the center of your life? What's your why? Ask that question. And if you don't ask that question, then you'll live fate. And fate is like being a cork on the river. It will take you where it will take you. If you're, not, if you're not proactive, if you're not asking those questions, choosing to, to show up to life and, and ask why, and, and who is this person I'm meant to be, and the many, many, you know, the thousands of questions you could ask, if you just ask those three questions, why, what, and who, that would help. If you don't ask that question, you'll live fade. And if you're a cork on the river, the, the river will take you where it takes you. And it works out for some people. You know, they have, their life is okay. You know, because where the river took them as a cork on the river, because they're not consciously choosing to ask the questions, is okay. It's a bit precarious, though, because the next bend in the river could take you into a backwash where you just circle around. And sometimes that's what it takes. When you circle around long enough in a place that's not working for you, you start asking, why? So no, that no, would I, be the thing. Ask the question, right. why? Well, you got that right on that last. You definitely said that correctly. When it's not working out, especially at these jobs, You'd be like, why? Why am I here? So help me. I go through that every single time when I go to work. I'm like, why? What is my What is my mission? What's my purpose for being here? I I don't understand. I have to say that every time. Then you hit that on the nail. But uh, get back to your book. 
about the caravan. Are we living in a caravan now? Are there more caravans? I know that your book is it's on the fictional style, but is the caravan real as in reality? Well, for sure, we're where our life is a kind of caravan. It's a journey, isn't it? And uh, the people we're on the caravan with are. Uh, there's a reason, you know. I call it the company of players, or you know, your family life mission. That I would say it's not an accident that the people you meet in your life are the people you meet in your life. And I, we have that's a kind of divine appointment that we have agreements with people, and uh, so we are on a caravan with a with a particular people given our choices and uh if we could be present to that that would help us understand the why of why we're here and yes i would say the caravan is very real and the the caravan on the inner planes uh a place where you can go and ask those questions sure okay made me think about the made me think about ten commandments when Moses had to go up the mountain, he had to talk to God. When I thought of caravan, I thought of that that spiritual place that we all have to go to. No one else could see it but us. And then when we get back to our reality, like, was this actually real? You know, you see it in movies. Um, I can't even think of the movies, but some movies I have seen, the person travels out of their body experience, you know, and they go somewhere else. And you come back, you're like, wow, was this actually real? Did this just happen? But nobody else can understand it. Only you can, you know, because every, everybody's not spiritual. You got religion. Well, I got, um, you know, so one of, one of the reasons I say the vertical world, you know, that there's a kind of flat land way we can approach life here in this world, physical world, that uh, if what I, was, what I would call concrete, literal, mythic, scientific materialism says if you can't measure with a machine, it's not real. So that's... Uh, a pretty flatland approach to this thing we call life, and that however you're, as you said, however we talk about spirit, whatever we call the one that sent us, that says that there is something that transcends this physical life we're in. And it doesn't have to be either or, it's both and. And that's why it's vertical in the sense that it transcends the limited idea that if you can't measure it, it's not real. That there is something that transcends our physicality. You know, it's like most of the world runs now on this thing called quantum science. You know, so uh, you couldn't use your your cell phone without something, without a very real non-tangible uh, energy m- translating the information from your phone to a cell phone tower. And, you know, that's a pretty mundane example. But just to say that our world runs more on what's unseen than seen. And so that's why I would say the vertical world. So in the story, when David's in the physical world and, and doing the life mission process in his day, throughout the day in the physical world, and then goes to the caravan in the vertical world, that's, that's a nod to this idea that both are real, the vertical world and the horizontal world. And there's a work to do in both of those places that are not meant to be separate. Okay. Um, now, Daniel, by you writing out this book, what did you find yourself to know as your mission? Well, I mean, this is a very uh, direct and literal in the sense that my mission 
since I was three, you know, I don't know what point you become aware that you're aware of something and enough to start to think about it. Of course, I've become more articulate about talking about it, but I've always known that my, my why was to help people remember their why and step into it, actually embody it, because it's one thing to know it, it's the next thing to step into it. So my lifetime pursuit was, has always been, and that's why that thread moves through all the things. That's the thread that ties the pearls together. Whatever the vehicle I've been using, it's always been to help people remember why they're here and step into it. So I've been doing these classes for decades now where I help people do that. And I wrote the book to be able to say that even if you're not in the class with me over you know, a weekend or a week, that you could use this book as a tool to be in that conversation about the life mission. So I wrote the book. It's, my life mission is to help people remember their life mission and step into it. And this is just another vehicle to help people do that when I can't be there personally and directly to do that. So it's meant for anyone in the world, um, and you know that's why we started the Conversations Club, the Caravan of Remembering Conversations Club online, so that no matter where you are on the planet, you can get involved in this conversation. Well, Dan, yeah, so that was very directly my my life mission. Well, Dan, I do. I appreciate you for writing out this book. This is a book that should be on every one shelf. Um, if does anyone have any questions they would love to ask right now while we're on the live for Daniel Good Enough in regards to your purpose, finding your life's mission, we can ask away while we still have the window open. It's a great time and I appreciate everyone on here for chiming in, really I do. That really means a lot to me, okay? Because I'm not a V103 station or AM station, but this means a lot. Daniel, as far as getting your book, where do we need to go besides just Amazon? Are there other places we could purchase your book too? Yeah, you could get it. You could get the hard copy on Amazon. You could get it on Kindle. It's also available on Barnes and Noble Nook. It's available on iTunes. Um, it's also available on Kobo. I understand in other countries Kobo might be the way to do it. You could also go to the caravanarremembering.com website and order it there. And you could go to the wayoftheheart.com website and order it there. So Kindle, iTunes, Kobo, Nook, Amazon, and thewayoftheheart.com and caravanarremembering.com. Well, you know what? I hope that most people have this belief out here that anything can be possible. We're speaking with purpose today, and that's what it's all about. And, of course, I'd like to mention that I'm part of a group called Entrepreneurishment on Facebook, and we speak about this a lot on just your purpose, your mission, give you good advice, and it's free service. So, Please check that out. That's entrepreneurishment. That's E N T R E P R E N O U R I S H M E N T. I know, long name. But if we don't have any questions, I would like to just thank you so much, Daniel, for being here on my show today. I really appreciate you for just coming out. It meant a, it meant a lot to me. Well, thank you for having me on. I enjoyed it. 
you're you're so welcome. Are, are you planning on having any more books coming out? Because this 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 was an interesting book. I love it. I bought it on Kindle, so I really I'm enjoying myself with it. Oh well, thank you for buying it. I yeah, I actually plan on on three more books with the same characters to keep the story going. The the first book was the what I call the life mission one, the process that we would do on a weekend. So that's the course embedded in the story. The second book would be the life mission two, the how do you do that? Once you have the why, what, and who, the next book will be the how. Third book would be how do I do that artfully, beautifully, sacredly, and skillfully. And then the fourth book will be about how do you uh, how do you level that up? How do you ramp that up? How do you scale that up in the world? So I do plan on having three more books with all the same characters to keep the story going. Well, wonderful. And when they come out, I would love to welcome you back so we could discuss those books because this is always important for people to know. That's why I love doing these shows. I'm not sticking to just one topic. I love having everyone on because somebody out there needs to listen to this. Don't you agree? And I know you guys agree. Someone needs to listen to this, right? This probably brighten up your day just to know that this is a fulfillment. But before we actually leave off the air, of course, I'll... It, she was a guest on my show a while back. Her name is Mary Ellen Signovich, and I follow her on Facebook. And she always inclines me to use her truth of the day, which I do appreciate her so very much. And so I'm going to read one of her truths of the day, which is this. Accept your responsibility. At times you are asked to take a greater role of responsibility at work, at home, or in your church. Begin by accepting modest responsibility so you can gain a powerful view of your life's bigger picture. Then you can take on more responsibilities when you are ready. Take a part in activities at home, work, or church that will increase your responsibility level is good. And first, you must assess how these added responsibilities will impact your time. Small acts of service that can com- that you can complete are good and will not drain you. Remember, you still need time for you. And, yes, I will have to interject into that. I definitely need time. I've been beat this whole week. Yes. Today, because motivated by a genuine interest in doing something beneficial for our society. Everyone, and enjoy the day. Most importantly, take time for yourself. Don't let anyone kill you because you only got one you. But I thank you for tuning in. Make sure you check out the archives at www brightsidewithtk.com and I will see you tomorrow where I will be speaking with Peter Pactor on which is kind of like a little spin off on what we're talking about today we'll be talking about taking responsibility for your own life so I hope you tune in tomorrow at 12 p.m. Eastern Time with your girl Technicia and thank you for actually listening today God bless Thanks for listening to The Bright Side with Technicia. If you like what you heard, tell your dad, mother, cousin, uncle, whomever. Be sure to check out the archive section at www.brightsidewithtk.com. 